Hello and welcome to the ISBA BursaCast podcast. This episode has been recorded and released on Thursday, the 1st of June. Few things to get through today, but we'll start off by saying a huge thank you to everyone who attended and made the ISBA annual conference such a success. The feedback from the event has been overwhelmingly positive, with many of you commenting on how Chris Grimes' opening personal development session broke the ice in a very memorable way and set the collegial tone for the following two days. The programme of keynotes tackling the big issues of schools and breakout sessions providing the operational detail generated plenty of inspiration, knowledge takeaways and opportunities to ask questions of the experts and the exhibition of more than 180 suppliers to the sector was a high point for many of you. The evening culminated with an after-dinner talk from Floyd Stedman, OBE, whose personal insights will have helped all attendees to think more broadly and inclusively. As you can imagine, we are already working on next year's event, which will take place in the middle of a politically interesting year at the ICC in Wales. The dates for your diary are Monday the 20th of May to Wednesday the 22nd of May, 2024. One bursar whose SMTs jokingly refer to the conference as the Bursar's Dance found that ChatGPT had some complimentary thoughts on the ISBA conference as follows. It may need to be set straight on some points, but on the value of bursas it is absolutely correct. The grandeur of the event surpassed even the most opulent affairs of the past. As the prestigious gathering of England's esteemed bursars from independent schools commenced, set within a lavishly adorned ballroom of an exquisite country estate, the atmosphere exuded an aura of sophistication and prestige that mirrored the dignified attendees. The bursars, impeccably attired in their finest evening attire, floated across the room with an air of confidence and refinement. Laughter and lively conversation permeated the space, creating an ambience of conviviality and camaraderie. The scholars engaged in spirited discussions, sharing insights and ideas, whilst others revelled in the joy of building new connections and strengthening existing ones. As the evening progressed, a crescendo of joy and celebration filled the room. A toast was raised to honour the collective dedication and unwavering commitment of the bursars to the noble cause of education. It was a testament to their tireless efforts and profound impact on the lives of countless students. The glamorous ball, attended by all the bursars of independent schools in England, was an affair that seamlessly intertwined elegance intellect and camaraderie. It was an occasion where the luminaries of education came together to celebrate their accomplishments and inspire one another to continue striving for excellence. Well, if that's not an advertisement to become a bursar, I don't know what else we can do really. But from this, let's get into the nitty gritty, the first of which is the ISBA board elections. Nominations are being invited from candidates for election to the ISBA Board of Directors. There are both personal and professional benefits to bursars from serving as members of ISBA's board, and while you may have concerns about the amount of time needed to devote to board duties, the commitment is not overly onerous. In outline, the board currently meets formally four times a year, in March, May, usually at the conference, 
and twice in the autumn. In addition, you may also be asked to serve on a subcommittee or a board or ISC working group, which meet two to three times a year. A strategy day is usually held each year. There are five vacancies for election to a first three-year term, and there are three candidates for re-election for a second three-year term. Nominations for membership of the board, which must be from schools in full membership, duly proposed and seconded by schools also in full membership, should be sent by email to David Woodgate, Chief Executive, no later than 5pm on Friday the 16th of June. The election will be held electronically from Monday 19th of June until Friday 7th of July. The AGM will be held virtually on Monday the 10th of July and a formal notice will follow. A nomination letter is available by visiting the bulletin or checking the website. This should be submitted electronically, together with a 300-word statement from the candidate explaining why they wish to stand and how they will contribute to the work of the ISBA board, together with, and I'm sorry, a passport-type photograph. Confirmation from your head teacher and chair of governors that they are both content for you to serve on the board is also required. For any more details, please email davidwoodgate at theisba.org.uk. In other news, the ISC Sustainability Survey has had its deadline extended. The deadline for responding to the sustainability research has been extended to the 2nd of June. Please complete the survey, which would take no more than 20 minutes to complete. Participating schools will be entered into prize draws to receive a free carbon footprint assessment and report from Planet Mark, and a free carbon clinic with a sustainability expert to have all your questions answered. Moving on from this, you will no doubt be aware that the Home Office has published the consultation on the ICSA recommendation on mandatory reporting. This is an open consultation in response to the recommendation by ICSA that the UK government and Welsh government introduce legislation which places certain individuals mandated reporters under a statutory duty to report child sexual abuse. The consultation closes on the 14th of August 2023. For details of the full recommendation, please head to the bulletin as it is quite technical. And following on from the previous discussion regarding the stakeholder engagement in the Relationships, Sex and Health Education Statutory Guidance Review, many of you will see the announcement that was made before Easter about the RSHE review. The DfE's intention is to provide as much stability as possible for schools and to avoid wholesale changes to existing guidance. Looking at the next steps, the DfE anticipates holding a public consultation in the winter of this year and publishing revised guidance in early 2024. Given the short timescale of this work, it is asking anyone who would like to suggest a change to the guidance to return a form by the 22nd of June the link to which can be found in the bulletin, clearly summarising the precise change recommended and briefly summarising the key evidence to support this with links to relevant publications. Another note from the ISC in which they're putting together the 2023 Celebrating Partnerships booklet and is keen to hear from you about your school's recent partnership activity. We know that across the country, independent schools are working with state schools and their local community to improve outcomes for all. Whatever your project, and however it looks in scale or nature, if it's something you're keen to shine a light on, please let ISC know by emailing press at isc 
www.thepodcast.co.uk. And we'll round off this episode with some of the advice and guidance questions and answers that we've had this week. Number one, we use a particular template for our SCR and it does not have a column for a CV checker. Is this something that is needed on the SCR? Also, the disqualification from childcare column only shows up on our volunteers list. Teachers have completed our self-declaration form, but should this be recorded on the SCR, as there is not a column for this on the teachers section of the SCR? In answer to this, we're going to have a look at Kixi paragraph 230-232, to which is by far the best reference for information that must be stored on the SCR. It is also worth noting the ISI commentary, Appendix 2, the single central register of appointments, required information. In answer to your questions, a CV checker is not required on the SCR, and keeping a record of the disqualification from childcare declaration check is a must, and a good place but not mandated is on SCR. See the ISI commentary, Appendix 2, Note 2. Question 2. Lots of twos there. We are a day school. When staff's children, 16 years old and 18 years old, live on site, do we need to DBS check them at either basic or enhanced level? I know the DBS regulations cover boarding schools, but I'm not sure on day schools. While this is not specified in Kixi and the ISI commentary, it's key for the school to demonstrate due diligence and ensuring a safe learning environment. So best practice, but it's not mandated, suggests that staff children, those of 16 to 18 years old, who live on site should require an enhanced DBS check, given their potential access to pupils. And question three, we are starting to see some requests for homeworking from admin staff. Do you have a template for this? Yes. If you head to the reference library, there are documents titled Homeworking Guidance, Template Homeworking Agreement, Tax Relief Available to Homeworking Employees Guidance, and Supporting Employees Homeworking and Tax Reliefs Available Guidance. So head to the reference library and search those to find some more information. And ISBA's top tip of the week is regarding material changes and pupil numbers. We have been advised by schools that the DfE are running behind with processing applications and recommend that schools action their applications as soon as they can. For further information, for further information, please head to the DfE website and do be aware that this process will probably trigger a material change inspection. And running from the back of the ISBA conference, our CPD programme carries on with the first one coming up on the 9th of June from 11 to 12, and this is a joint session between ISBA, AGBIS and HMC, which covers sector threats and challenges. This is a webinar, and this is part two of three. And the 13th of June sees another session from 11 to 12pm on how to optimise the return of your school's assets, the enterprise journey. And following on from this, the 20th of June from 4 to 5pm, sees part three of the ISBA AGBIS HMC session, Sector Threats and Challenges. And the other thing I mentioned before I say farewell is the online Safer Recruitment course. This new Safer Recruitment course is now launched exclusively for our members. Booking details can be found in the bulletin or just search it through the CPD section of the website. The self-paced course lasts approximately two to three hours, depending on knowledge, the online course will benefit those new to recruiting, individuals selected to conduct interviews, 
and require revision or a three-yearly update. And that is all for me today. It was lovely to meet all of you that I did at the conference. Thanks for coming to say hello. And the other thing I'll say is keep an eye out for tomorrow where there'll be a podcast released focusing on how to handle the menopause in the workplace, recommended policies and general information that we all should know about. And that's going to be with Jenny Arrowsmith and Denise Allen, Jenny being from Erwin Mitchell. So I'll leave you with that to look forward to. And in the meantime, I hope all is well. And please do get in touch at podcast at the isba.org.uk just to say hello or if you have any suggestions for things you'd like to see in these episodes. Till next time, farewell. <laughs>